So, um, yeah, we start the discourse two in Hemshechayim Beis. It's page eight, volume one, and it's chapter five, the beginning of chapter five. Now, as I mentioned, I think that all these discourses were written in one flow, and then later when the Rebbe Rashab delivered them on the different Shabbos or holidays, he added the beginnings and ends that connect them to the particular time period or holiday in which they were delivered. So Discourse 2 begins, It's a discourse on the second night of Shavuos. Discourse 1 began, as we learned earlier, began with the Shah Sheikh Dimu, was on Shavuos itself, probably maybe the first night or the first day. This is the second night. And it begins, which means he wraps himself with light like a garment. And he uh, spreads out the heavens like a uh, like a uh, wrapping, a, uh, a covering, the tapestry. We have to understand what is the connection of the Eita Erv and Neita Shemaim. What is the connection between these two statements? That wrapping like light like a garment and the heavens are like a uh, tapestry. So to understand this, he's beginning to preface, he prefaces, let's preface what we learned earlier. So briefly, what was we learned earlier in the first discourse, in the first four chapters? The key thing he discussed there was the example. How the specific faculties come into a primizdik and internalized, an integrated, individualized way in each of the parts of the body. Every faculty has its particular container. Vision the eye, hearing, the ear, speech, the mouth, the mind, inside the brain, and so on. See, each each faculty manifests in this particular and unique and uh, distinctive container. And the faculty, Mislabis, dresses in it, Mizgala gets revealed in it, and becomes one with it. So it's not just an incidental relationship, they actually join and fuse as one in how they serve as faculties. And therefore, according to the personality, according to the, I guess the word would be uh, the environment, of the organs or the parts of the body, that's how will the the faculties will perform and actualize. In other words, God forbid, let's say someone has uh, sore eyes, it will affect the vision. Someone has something stuck in their ear. So the, in other words, the, the, the faculties are dependent upon the containers. And the containers in any way, so they're basically like a hand inside a glove, they fit into each other. 
And this was all coming to explain, remember, the whole point of departure is understanding these individualized faculties, that the structure of existence, starting from the existence of each of us, is defined by these parameters, these what we call kechus pnimim, the er pnimi. The structure of existence is defined by very clear, delineated and defined parameters. It's not at all abstract. Is in contrast to another form of energy that exists within us and within existence that is what we call the hovering energy. This is the permeating one. That would be called the transcendental one. The one that the makif, like the will, that we want something, that does not manifest. Where is your willpower rest? Not in your brain and not in your heart and not in your liver and not in other organs. The will manifests in every part of the body wherever it needs to manifest. If you want to move your toe or you want to think or you want to walk, you want to write or you want to drive or you want to look at something. So will is doesn't have a particular container. So this is all as we're speaking about dissecting existence because as we said, the whole purpose of this is to find the interface the interface between the divine and the material, between heaven and earth. And the interface, as he said, began with Kesser, the crown, the Rotson, that you have to will something. For something to be connected to something, you have to want to be there. So you can have two entities, a teacher and a student. If the teacher doesn't want to be there with the student, the will is the first step, the first interface that allows the teacher to get closer to the student and the student to the teacher. But to understand will, which is a makif, we, as, he's, as he's right now, we're going. In, we're elaborating on the specific faculties and the specific elements as they break down, as we said, in a structure, very delineated parameters. So now we begin chapter five. Okay. Yeah. All this that we discussed about the internal faculties and how they match and are and are tailored toward each other, the air and the keli, the energy and the container, the faculty and its and its uh, respective organ or respective space inside the body, is all to help us understand how things are on the spiritual, what we call the supernal man, which is really a way of saying that the human being is a microcosm, is an expression of the larger organism, which is all of existence. So with this we will understand how it is above, the meaning more on the spiritual levels, in the shape of the supernal man, in which we were shaped. So even though, of course, he immediately qualifies, God doesn't have any shape and form, as we say in the verse, even though he does not have the shape of a body, or a body, because only creatures... Only defined realities like us that were created have these types of shapes and forms. Nevertheless, it does say, this is in the book of Ezekiel, Cheskel says, And the vision of Ezekiel, he had this prophetic vision, it says that on the image of this chair, of the throne, was the image and reflection of a human. So essentially he had this vision where he saw the image of a chair. The mus, the image. Some, imagine like in a dream. You have a dream-like state. You dream of a chair, of a throne. You dream of someone sitting on that throne. So you can't call them, a, it's, not, it's not an actual tangible uh, reality. It's a vision of it. It's like a picture of it. Portrait. 
So therefore, you can see from this, in the vision, that there is a way that divine manifests in the shape of, in the image of, in the reflection and picture, portrait of a human, of, an, of a human being. Now, of course, this is not referring to the divine essence, the essence of the infinite divine light, which, of course, is beyond any type of form, even a shape in a dreamlike state, even in a vision form, it doesn't even have that type of shape. The Mash'omer in Lidmus, because what now he's explaining, what Ezekiel is saying when he sees that vision, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, let me extend correctly. When it says that he has no, God has no image at all, we're talking primi- primarily on the level of the essential divine infinite light that's higher than Atsilus. Because remember, in the structure of the cosmic order, there's worlds. Worlds are really just dimensions, levels. So when we say that he has no shape, you're talking about the essential, essential light, divine energy that's higher than the world of Atsilus. Whereas Atsilus does have at least the image, the image at least on a, on a conceptual level, on the ethereal level of, you, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a body. The Zenyan, this is what it says, <coughs> the, the, when you say the Musa Guv Guf, he mentioned before there's two things, that we say God has no image of a body and has no body. What's the difference between these two? So Hiksha, Shehiksha B'Shalah, the Shalah of uh, Yitzchak Horowitz, the great mystic and great sage and scholar, 16th century, he asked the following question. What is this redundancy? Well, what is the meaning of these two terms? That he has no shape of a body, he has no body. Since Since he doesn't have the image of a body, he obviously doesn't have a body. Understand the question? You understand the question? Mm-hmm. Well, why do we have to say he has no image of a body and he has no body? If he has no image of a body, obviously he has no body. So why does he have to add the Matzorah Chlem and Enlai Guf? Why does he have to say that? So it's explained in another place. In another place, the answer is given on this. The Dmusa Guf, the image or shape of a body is the level of Biyah. That's how it manifests, the divine manifests in the lower worlds of Biyah. You know, creation, formation, and action. Yeah. They're the four worlds. Atzilus is the higher world the divine unity world, and then there's Biyah. So that refers to the Musaguf. Like we say in the verse in the Bible, in, in Bereshus, when it says, Nasa Adam, B'tzameinu Kidmuseinu. God says, let us create a human being in our Tzalem and our Dmus, in our image and in our in a reflection of us, in our shape. What's the difference between the two? So he's saying that the Musaguf, the shape of a body, that's Biyah, that's Kidmuseinu. That's the Dmus. That's the image of. Selim is more like portrait of. The Guf Hubchinus Atzilus. And the body itself, that's the level of Atzilus. The Kumaymer Kama Guf in Tekinun Luhun. Wait a second. You say the body itself is Atzilus. Is higher than the image of the body? Yeah, that's what he's saying. In, some, in one place it says it that way. It would seem that from what you said earlier, he said earlier, the image 
would be higher. higher. I know the specific manifestation. I know, I know, but this is how he explains it here. Okay. I guess it means to say, because it's not means talking about body; it's talking about like the actual image. You actually is an actual uh, full spiritual bodied entity, and Biyah is only a reflection of it. That's the way he's interpreting it here. Mm-hmm. It, it would mm-hmm. seem to be the other way around, I know, but that's how it's explained here, at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. I would have to research it more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like it says, how many bodies did he shape, did he, uh, did he repair, did he build? All this, however, however you twist and turn it, whether it's the image of the body or the body itself, that's not applicable to Atmos, to the essence of the divine light. All this is not silas and lower. Follow? Yep. So actually a parenthesis of this that I just read. It's coming to basically qualify and explain the statement. If you say that all that we've discussed about the structure of the human body is reflection of the structure of the supernal body, he came to just qualify and say, we're not talking about the essence of the divine, we're talking about the divine manifests in these levels. And there he talked about the two, guf and musa guf, the image of the body and the body itself. Yeah, clearly, you can say both ways, you know, okay. So what is it talking about? What, what are we talking about when we say shape and form of a supernal man? We're talking about, we're talking about the energies and the revelations of the divine light, the infinite divine light, that manifested in ten spheres of Atsilas. So when you look at the world... The energies? What was the word you used? You said, what are we talking about? The energies and revelations. Energies. Of the divine infinite light that comes down, that manifests in the ten spheres. So the world of Atsilas is a spiritual world that has a structure of ten spheres, ten manifestations. Okay? Which is a parallel to and a mirror image of how it is in our bodies. We're also made up of ten faculties. But this is all a lower level than the essence of the divine light, which doesn't have any shape and form. Okay? Then he qualifies this further. The Gamba Atsilus, and even in Atsilus, even in the world of Atsilus, where there is already manifestation of ten spheres. It's It's higher than finite expressions. Yeah. He's going to explain what that means. Because in our, as we spoke about, in our human structure, everything was finite. We reviewed earlier everything. For example, ideas from your mind. The idea is parameters. How far it can extend has parameters. How you explain it has parameters. However you twist and turn it, our human faculties are defined by parameters. In Atsilas, however, now he's going to say that even though there are defined faculties, but they don't have the same parameters. They are, have an element that has an element of, of, of undefi- un, unlimited parameters. What does that mean? You know, chachma is chachma, bina is bina, chesed is chesed, love is love. But here's the interesting thing you're going to see. It's love like we have love, but there's a distinction. What's the distinction? In Atsilas, the spheres extend infinitely. 
and they are defined, but they extend infinitely. And they're also called ten spheres without substance. So for example, in our case, intellect can only go that far, right? Yeah. In Atsilas, there's also intellect, but intellect has no limit how far it can go. There's no limit how much love can be given. So it's a defined, <laughs> think of it like this. Think of it like this. It's ten defined paths, but the path themselves, each one in their own world, goes on forever, can go on forever. Whereas in our parameters, we have the ten paths, but they have also limits how far they can go. So you see what I'm saying? So, so basically, uh, how would we put it? V- vertically, they're limited, but her, her, no, the other way around. What's vertical? Horizontal is... That's horizontal, that's vertical. Okay, so horizontally, they're limited. <coughs> they're only like this. Chachma begins here and ends here. But vertically, it can go forever. In Azilat. In Azilat. Not below. Not below. So below, it's limited both horizontally and vertically. Correct. And they're also called spheres without substance. That's another element. So besides the fact that they can go on forever, they also have no substance. That means that they're, they're defined, but they have an element that is still ethereal, still un- intangible. Like it says in the book of Yitzirah, in the Fork of Formation, attributed to Abraham. It talks about the ten spheres. And this is the words that he uses. Nidasan Esse, their number, their measurement is ten. That's the ten spheres. Shein Lamsaf, ten that have no end. Shagam Kamoshem Bhinis Midivashir. That means that even as they are in its parameters, in a measured and and uh, defined parameter of ten. Now on page nine, and they're separate, and they're separate muhusim, they're separate personalities, separate identities. Nevertheless, they're still in some in in, in uh, uh, without limit. They're still endless. They explained in another place. So he doesn't really elaborate on the meaning of it, but think of it as I said, that we have now here really three levels. There's the divine essence that has no shape and form altogether. Not vertical, not horizontal. You can't even call it ten spheres. You can't call it anything. It doesn't have any definition. It's a completely infinite light, which you can say encompasses everything within it, but it's not defined by any parameters. Okay? Except that it exists. Then you have stage two, Atsilus. Now we have ten parameters. Ten distinct identities that have parameters. But the parameters are still not completely been limited. They they are now ten, but each of them can go on endlessly, and each of them has still a level of certain certain abstract dimension. That uh, keeps them blima without substance. That still has an element of ainsof in them. So yes, it's chesed. It's not gvura. It's love, not discipline. But love that can go on endlessly. 
And then we have the third dimension, the way it's on our level, the created level, where now the now not only do these ten properties, these ten identities have individual personalities, but they also have limited expression. They can't go on forever. Each of them is fundamentally limited. So think of it this way. If I could say this, listen to this. Imagine, here we have eyesight. With your eyes, you can see a certain distance. Let's say you can see a mile, half a mile, a quarter mile. So your eyesight is limited, and the power of your vision is limited, how far you can see. But imagine someone had eyesight, and they can see hundreds of miles. It's still a, a, as a human structure because there's eyesight. We can't envision it because we don't really see anyone that has that type of eyesight. But conceptually, there's structure, but the structure is still in a state of like an infinite powers. Whereas the divine essence doesn't even, you don't even talk in that time. You can't even talk about eyesight. Beyond it all. He sees everything all the time and so on. So you see here's like gradations of how the infinite turns into the finite. Yeah. Again, you see interface here. You can sense it. You understand? So there's really, in other words, in the process of reconnecting and reuniting through the interface, essentially what we'd like to do is connect our finite vision with the infinite vision of the supernal man that can see any, uh, uh, for miles and miles, or, or infinitely, uh, infinite vision. And then from there, jump to the infinity of the divine that is beyond vision altogether. Got it? We can, we, we can't. Can we reach that level? Yes, that's part of, through work, that's what we're going to learn, how we do that. But for example, here's how it goes. I'm just giving you an example, okay? Yeah. We can be very narcissistic, selfish creatures. So when we love somebody, it can be a narcissistic love. Right, right. What, what's in it for me? Right. I don't get what I want, I'm out of here. It's conditional, it could even be cruel. But let's just say it's a love, but it's a love with, with, with definition. When Torah teaches us how your love becomes more selfless. So it's not just defined by your moods or by your whims, and your love becomes more infinite, more unconditional, more giving in all circumstances. So essentially you're drawing down from the chesed of Atsilas, the love of Atsilas, and its ability to love endlessly into the limited love that we mortals have. Drawing down the love from where? From the love of Atsilas, where the love is, in, in, is, is endless, we draw down into our own love. Yeah. Through our, in other words, through our humility, through working on ourselves, through sublimating our animal instincts and selfish desires and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and in, in, in survival instincts, we weaken that and in turn, we draw down the love of Atsilas into our love down in Asiya here in this world. So our love becomes a much more expansive one, much more unconditional one, much more selfless one. Hi, Shandy. That continues to draw and extend itself endlessly. You follow what I'm saying? Yep. That's the beauty of the interface of Atsilas, because it allows us that bridge. It's on our terms, but it's infinite vision, infinite love. You get it? Yep. Nevertheless, even though not Silas, we continue. Even though not Silas, there is an Ainsof, that the, the defined personalities of the ten spheres are defined and they go infinitely, but nevertheless, they are Bepchinesir Adam. 
they do have the shape of an Adam. They said they still look like us, except it has this infinite power. It's like a Superman, so to speak, a Pramora Superman. Maybe Superman is actually a, an, an example for the man of Atsilus. Shamaya man, the heavenly man. What's the structure of a human being? Chesed derived Yamina. Love is the right arm, the right side. Gvura derived the smaller. Gvura discipline is on the left side. Chachma Moicha. Chachma, the wisdom, is in the mind. In other words, there's a structure. There's ten spheres. But I just said horizontally there's ten. Vertically it's infinite, but there is a horizontal structure. This is nice, huh? It's great. Great. And this structure is defined by the energy, the light, manifesting, getting dressed up in a container. As we spoke earlier about the faculties, that the light, the energy... It doesn't just enter the keli. It 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 uh, It grasps it. It unites with it. It's not the word. It's not really unite. Tfisa means like you can have something just passes through. Let's say a funnel passes through liquid, but you could have the liquid Mer- goes merges, into a cup. Merges. Not yet merges. It's more It's in, in a way that it holds on to. It retains. And stays there in some way. Tfisa can be both from the top. Yeah, you actually can hold it. You have the liquid in here. In a funnel, you can't hold on to it, just passing through. I remember when my uh, few people came from the class, I brought them to my father's home. My father said to them, So are you tourists or residents? You know, he's just passing through. It was an interesting expression. Like people go to Israel to, to pass through. But. Uh, I don't remain. I don't just mean physically. Yeah. You know, spiritually, it's just a, it's like a, yeah, I totally get a, uh, it. I get what, it. Called a, a, what do they call it? A tour sing, sing guide? A what? Uh, what do you call a tour, a tour, tourists, our eye sing, a seeing guide? When a, when a guide, like a seeing eye guide or something. Seeing eye dog? No, no, like a tourist. A tourist, basically, yeah, 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 just to yeah. see. Right. I'm just here to see. I'm not here to stay. Right, right. You know? Passing through. Yeah, passing through. So here it's not just passing through. It actually manifests. So, every energy. Now, if we look at this, you compare this to chapter 4 and chapter 3, you'll see how he literally goes each piece of the puzzle as he described it in the human being below in our faculties, you'll see how that, actually chapter 2, 3, and 4, how now he shows how the same applies to the structure of the supernal man in Atsilus. So basically, it says every energy, every R, every light or energy, has its claim yuchedes, has its particular and specific and distinct container. According to uh, that commensurate, proportionate to that container is the energy that enters the container. So, as, I mean, he's going to discuss this on many levels, but just on a basic thing, let me say this. 
that when the energy enters the cup, right, it takes on the shape of the cup. So they, they match each other. Certain things wouldn't fit into this cup, so would never they, would, they couldn't combine the two. The Kliya Chachma is giving an example. For example, the container of Chachma, of wisdom. It's a container specifically for Eura Chachma, not for Eura Habina. It's not for the energy of Bina. The Kliya Habina la Eura Habina Dafka. And the container for Bina, for understanding, not just wisdom, for the elaboration and, and fleshing out of the idea, is a container for Eura Habina. The right brain, left brain. The chen ba'amidus, and the same thing with the emotions. Chesed, v'gvura, etc. Love, discipline, and so on. That every energy, every faculty, every power has its particular and distinct, unique container. As it's known, as it's known, that the containers have, their, have, have different levels. There's differences between them. Like it says in Eitz Chaim, there's an expression in the Zohar that says he is one with the energy and he's one with the garmuhi so they ask the question what's chayu, what's garmuhi I mean literally chayu is energy garmuhi is what he causes so he answers chayu, energy is the mind is the intellect, cognitive faculties and Gamoy is the emotional ones. So we see from that that there are different levels. There are things that are called intellectual and there are the, the emotional. He just uh, to explain that, to uh, elaborate a bit more, he brings a Geras Akedish, which is the twentieth, the twentieth section in the fourth section, in the fourth, the twentieth short uh, chapter in the fourth book of Tanya. He there he interprets it differently. Chayui, he says, is the energy. You say Chayui, life, the life force, he's one with his life force, is called the or the energy. Vergarmui refers to the kalim, the containers. So basically, uh, in Eitz Chaim, the Arizal says, one is intellect and one is emotions, and in Tanya he explains them as being energy and containers. So if you combine both these sources, what do we conclude? He says, like this, this means, in the intellect, even the containers are also the level of chayuhi. They're also like the energy. And the intellect, the, the containers, are like the energy? Yeah. He's, he's basically reconciling these two interpretations by saying that if you say intellect is chayuhi, then the reason is, and, 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 and in Tanya he said that Chayu is the energy, and remember he said everything has energy and containers, so he's saying that the containers, when it comes to intellect, they're also on the level of the energy. But they're still containers. Let me explain like this. Like for example, the brain is a much more refined and subtle container than for example your fingers. I mean, we see this practically. The brain is much more fragile, needs more protection, much more complicated to do brain surgery than to do, let's say, finger surgery. Because the brain is a container, the container there itself is more of a ethereal one. Because it fits to the, to the function of the brain, which is the mind. 
The mind needs a brain that, you know, let's put it this way, a, a, a barrel wouldn't be a proper container for a brain. Right. You need something. The brain itself has, is, is, is an appropriate type of gel or that's subtle and to, be, to do all the processes that the mind needs. So basically, in other words, every container is tailored to what it is delivering. That's the beauty of the, of the whole picture here. So with that being said, okay, so that's so the, so, so the containers are also a level of chayu, which really reconciles these two things, because in Eitzchayim he said chayu is the, is the intellect. In Tanya, in Geras Hakeish, he said it's the light. The answer is because the intellect, even the containers are also like light. The kelim the midas, on the other hand, the container for emotions, which is called garmuhi in Eitzchayim, and Tanya calls them they're just containers for the energy of the emotions Really reconciling, he's just using both these statements to discuss this thing with lights and containers. Okay. Now he's going to qualify all this by saying, even though he's asking a question, we just said that the containers are fitting to the energy. And everyone is tailored, but we see something interesting. We see intellect, for example, manifests and dresses up even in lower levels. You know, the intellect can also be used, for example, your mind also tells your legs where to go, etc. Your mind manifests itself in other, in other faculties. So we see from that that it's not so distinct and unique. It's not just the mind stays in the brain in its container. It goes also into other containers and affects other parts of our body. You follow? Yeah. So, so he's going to explain what that means. So for example, You see that the mind can dress up and manifest in the movement of the arm and the walking power of the legs, of the leg. Same thing when it comes to emotions, to love. For example, chesed, on the right side. That this is the external emotion. To, put, to extend, let's say you extend your right arm to help somebody. So you're doing something loving. Also has an element of intellect in it. And he explains according to Kabbalah, this is what it says, the Gimel Prikin Shebiyad, the three things in the arm, you have the wrist, what is this called? Forearm. The forearm and the bicep, right? Arm, forearm, wrist. Okay. Strictly the same speaking, this is the arm, this is the forearm. Okay. And then even a finger, you have the three, one, two, three. Right. 
So he says these three sections in the arm are according to are Chabad, Chagas, and Nihi. Remember, we talk about the spheres. The spheres have three dimensions, right? Chabad is the intellect, Chagas is emotions, and Nihi, Netzachod Yisod, are more like implementing emotions. Okay? So the three parts of the arm are considered to be the intellect within the arm, the emotions within the arm, and the implementers within the arm. So we see that Chabad, intellect, also exists in other faculties. In this case, in the in the arm, which is like chesed. So every mid, every emotion has these three elements in it. Follow what I just said? Mm-hmm. Because even when we feel something, it also has an element of mind at work. Like the seichel, we see the mind. The mind compels. The transmission of love. The mind makes sense and directs and compels us to be loving. And when you actually express that love, that's how it comes down in, uh, in action, how it's implemented. But the mind compels us and pushes us to love and to express love. Like he explains elsewhere. That's even the external dimension of, of the emotions. The Kolshkin and definitely is indefinitely the inner dimension of the of the motion Shabalev Adamaelyan in the heart of the supernal man, Kavyachal, so to speak, which is higher than the actual action of loving. They definitely yes They definitely have the element of intellect in them. Like it says, like it says was God said to, spoke to his heart that this is the transmission of mind into emotions. Let me explain what he's saying here, okay? In human emotions, there's two parts to it. There's the implemented part. Like when you love somebody, you have love in your heart. It's a feeling of affection, but it may not be implemented. And then you go ahead and do something for them that's an expression of that love. So he's calling the one external emotion and the other one in, inner emotion. The inner emotion is the feeling that you have, the affection, which is very th- real, but it's not yet expressed in a tangible way. And the expression of the emotion is how you express it. So he says in both of them, there is a mix of measure of inc- intellect in both of them. And the outside, of course, expression of it, you use it as part of it as intellect, how to do it. And definitely the inner emotion, the affection is also affected by your mind. That in turn helps helps uh, intensify or arouse that, that affection or emotion. Same thing. So the, all this is part of the question that he's asking. We just we said that every faculty has its container. We see it clearly. There's an inter overlap and interaction between different faculties. He's going to explain it, but he's asking it because since he said everything is distinct and very separate one from the other, how do we explain this interrelationship, this uh, interweaving of these faculties? The same thing, the level of Malchus. Which, what is Malchus? That is like an example of the power to walk in the legs. 
because Malchus is the lowest level of the ten spheres. So an example for it would be the lowest faculties in the body are the legs, walking in the legs. That's the end, end, the bottom of all the levels in Atzilus, similar to a regal, to a leg, which is the bottom of the body. And then he adds in a parenthesis, Another reason it's called regal, why do we compare this lower level to a regal? Because, not just because it's the bottom of the body, but it's also through it, in it, and through it comes the revelation in the world below it. In other words, Malchus, the lowest level of Atzillus, is what transmits energy into the next world, the lower world. Because it's as it's known that Malchus is revelation. It reveals the way the revelation of the ten spheres itself, how do they reveal to lower levels, how do they manifest and transmit to lower levels, it's all through Malchus. That's why Hashem Zeth, therefore Nikra Regal Malchus is called regular leg, because a leg, just like the leg takes you from one place to the next, when you walk, the legs carry you, your mind can't carry you, your heart can't carry you, your legs have to carry you, so too Malchus carries the spheres from one world to the next. So there's two aspects to this regal, that is the lowest level, but also the force that, that carries the higher levels to the next level. You understand that? Mm-hmm. Is the word they Malchus caused the, uh, called leg? Is that the Hebrew word you use? Yeah, regal. Regal. Leg. R e g e l. Regal. In Hebrew, regal. Reish gimel. Regal. R e g e l. Yeah. Foot is also regal. Foot. The legs. Yes, b'zegam kim b'chinis hamechin. So even this, the power to walk. And to transmit to lower levels also has within it the level of intellect moichin. And he explains, what is this? This is the wisdom that is invested and in, within creation, within ma'isibreshus creation. Like it says, the kulam b'chachma you, God, in other words, have created everything with wisdom. You've made everything with wisdom. So we see from that that even the creation of the world, very basic level creation, is based on wisdom, based on intellect. How does it work? That the intellect, chachma, was drawn, drew down, extended and manifested in Zah, in the Midas, Chasid Vurit and in Malchus. Like it says in the verse in Bereshis, in Genesis, it says, the Sheshish Yomim Osa Hashem, six days God made. So the Zohar asked the question, it should have said, in six days He made it. It's like missing a word. You say, six days He created? No, He created, in six days He created the world. The answer is no, he, even the six He created. As part of the creation is creating the six dimensions. And these are the six midos, the six emotions of Zohar. Zohar Ampin, the small face. And more specifically, more specifically, there are the six emotions within Malchus. Because Malchus, as we said, is the creator, is the transmitter that brings everything down to the next world. Within them, 
They have the man, they manifest intellect. That's what it says, Kula Sisa, as we just read. Everything was made with wisdom. So is it made with wisdom or is it made with these emotions and machus? The answer is the machus and the emotions carry within them and are directed by the captain of the ship or the captain of this, which is the mind. So we see from this that intellect is not just isolated, is not just relegated and limited to the brain. It affects the whole body, it affects all the faculties. And it affects in the divine level, in the other million above there, the supernal man, it affects all the ten spheres. And it's within all the ten spheres. And that's why Hashem Zenikra Malchus And even more, he makes the case even stronger. That's why we find that Malchus is called the lower wisdom. There's Chachmei Law, there's a higher wisdom, and there's a lower wisdom. Malchus is called the lower wisdom. So all this, asks, all this poses that big question, the question he's asking, or well, it's not really a question, it's to clarify. So what do we mean when we say that Chachma? We said that the brain is uniquely shaped for the mind, and specifically for that, for the mind and nothing else. You see here the mind in many ways manifests throughout all the faculties, throughout the whole body. So now he qualifies and he explains. Nevertheless, all this is only a reflection of the mind. It's only It's only the reflection of the mind. It's not the mind itself. It's not the It's not the essence of the intellect that manifests and dresses itself up in Zun, in Zayr Nukva, in Zayr Malchus. It's only the external and reflection of the mind. So you can't say the, the mind, like in the brain, the mind is actually there completely. When you walk with your legs and your mind is telling you, walk here, don't walk here, you can't say the brain suddenly moved to your legs. A reflection of, or using more medical terms, the nerve system carries instructions from the mind to the leg. That's not the same thing as how the mind is inside your brain. Like we explained earlier, like we explained earlier, with the example when intellect is inside of emotions. It's only the external part of the intellect. And the same thing, the same thing, the intellect within the arm and within the leg is also only intellect that's connected to action. For example, you can't say that the arm and the leg are containers to the brilliance and, and abstractions and profundity of intellectual activity. Part of the brain, a very external part that's connected to action, is telling the arm or the leg what to do. So just as this is an example using us, down below, the same thing, this is an example for above. The the intellect that's in Zun, in Zo and Malchus, in the emotions and in Malchus, it's not the essence of Moichin, of the, of the intellect. It's only a reflection. Like it's known, and this is a little Kabbalistic, but I'll just read it. The the lowest levels of Bina, of Ima, the mother, which is Bina, Nasim Moichin Become the intellect for the Midas. 
What's Midas? Za. Emotions. Emotions. Yeah. In other words, it's not the intellect itself as it is in its full intensity that becomes the emotions. It's only the lower part of the higher level becomes the mind of the lower level. The za or nihi. The za nasim meichel nukva. And from Zah, they become the intellect of the of Nukva, of Malchus. And within that, there's a reflection from the six sides or the six emotions within Bina, within Ima. And this is just an expression in Kabbalistic, basically saying that within the emotions, the lower faculties, you only have a reflection of, and the outer level of the higher intellect. All this is just a reflection, and the external superficial or outer maybe external and outer dimension of Meichin but the essence of the mind is it's not in the lower Midas it's not in the lower emotions it's in the first three powerhouse cognitive skills and then he refers us I remember this is very thorough so there's some dense lines here that refer to sources okay and look into what it says and Ayin means more than to look. It means uh, profoundly look. Ayin. To look deeply into Eitz Chaim. This is the book of the Arizal. Shara Partsufim. The gate of the faces. Images. Drush Gimel. The third the third Drush. The third treatise. Zel And he's quoting from there. He's actually quoting. Just a moment. That the primary mind, the primary intellect, is a soul, an inner soul within the three top levels, which is Chachma bin Adas. And, but they're called the third le- three levels of the intellect. Chacham bin Adas explains v'haynu that gimel rishenis. Ah, that means that the three levels of Chacham bin Adas, which are all in the mind, the three dimensions of intellect, and kelim legili eramechim, they are containers for the revelation of the mind. Shoshamu atzmusum husamechim, where because there, there is where the etzim, the essence, and the inner personality of the intellect. Rest and because they are containers to this energy, so the energy manifests to them in a primisdika way, in an internal way, in a way that the kalim is revealed within those containers. The containers are Chachma Binadah? Right, the containers of Chachma Binadas. Well, the kalim, the midas, but the containers of the emotions. There, you only have really the energy of the emotions revealed. And what they have intellect, it's only the chitzen, is only the external and of the intellect and its reflection alone. The cause then, all this is because the area is and the reason for all this, this proves even stronger the point that he's making, that every container has its, every energy has its particular container, because even when it does affect other containers, it's only reflecting it from a, an external and in a reflective way. It doesn't really manifest there. 
Because the light, the energies, as we said, are truly premiistic energies. They're truly internalized. And each one has their particular container and space, place, platform. And that's why the container has to be commensurate and proportionate to the energy that's in it. Because since the energy needs to have, it dresses up in the container. In other words, if the intellect were not an air primi, was not an internalized energy, so you could have intellect just like will. It's all over. No particular, it's not localized to the brain. And it's affecting every part, but that's not the case. It has its place. It's, it's a very distinct, unique, and, and, and localized and, and individualized and, and, and the individual faculty and needs its container that fits it. Yet, reflection of it also affects the rest of the body. So, for example, the sun, the body of the sun, even though sunlight reaches earth, but the sunlight is only a reflection of the sun. The sun itself is only one place in the heaven. It's there. However, it reflects and it transmits and light reaches from the sun to the earth. But the sun has its local place where, it's, where it rests and where it remains. This concludes chapter 5. So I'll read the Kitzer and we'll conclude here. Here's just a summary of this chapter. He has a summary at the end of each chapter himself, Rabbi Rashab. An example for this above. It's a summary of what we just read. Is Atzilus, the world of Atzilus is the Adam Elion, is the supernal man. What does that mean? It's the energies as they manifest in the Kalim. Love in the right arm, the right side, Chachma, Moicha, and the mind, in the, the, the Chachma, wisdom in, in the brain, the mind. The Islapshus, because the Islapshus, the dressing up of the mind, of the real energy of the mind, is in the first three levels, Dafke, basically the three brains, right center and left brains, meaning Chachm bin Adas. And the energy of Midas, of emotions, is in the containers of the emotions. Now we also have the manifestation of the intellect in the emotions and also in Malchus. And that's what Malchus is called, is called the wisdom of the creation of the universe. The wisdom within existence, within creation. But that's only a reflection. And the essence of the Meich the essence of the mind is only in the Gimel Rishenish, is only in the three higher levels which are true containers to this energy. And with this we conclude chapter 5 and its summary. We're now on page Yud, page 10. Great, this is great.